0: it's the no class podcast
1: with your hosts eddie
0: and matt you passed your luck check it's the no class podcast with your hosts eddie and matt You passed your luck check. It's the No Class Podcast. We can
1: only get him to do that so many times. That's right, that's right. But it is nice to be able to break that out on command. (laughs) On you. All right. So if I just walked up on you and said that, would you automatically spit out the line? No. No, no.
0: But when we're at the table, microphone's in front of us, it's like... Conditioned, I don't know, conditioning or something. If there was a microphone, maybe. I don't know. Pavlov's podcast. That's right. You know it.
1: Okay, first things first. Mm -hmm. So I made the announcement yesterday for the Long Con Spring. Yes. And if people want to get any information on the Long Con Spring, they're going to have to listen to the first minute of this podcast or so. So click bait right here. Right here, buddy. So here's what we know about the Long Con Spring. Yeah. It will be Saturday, April the 28th. Wow. At the Dragon's Nest in Kilgore. There will be approximately 30 badges. Mm-hmm. They will be approximately 10 bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. If that sells out, if we sell out those 30 spots, then we will open up Friday or Sunday and do it again.
0: Like a Friday evening. Whatever.
1: I would say all day Friday for oh, anybody wow. that can get that time off.
0: Cool.
2: Yeah. And
1: all then right. if we sell that out, mm-hmm. we'll do the same thing Sunday. Cool. So
0: a full three days of gaming. Like a oh, like a true little mini con. I wonder, what about that upstairs space? Is it all just piles of stuff? And, yeah. yeah. But in the future, mm-hmm. that could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could, we could move part of it up there. That's interesting. That's cool. Well, how thoughtful that the Dragon's Nest is willing to open their doors to the Long Con Faithful for our little spring fling, if you will.
1: Well, the thing is, what I was thinking is that the proceeds for the first day mm-hmm. will go to the Dragon's Nest. Absolutely. The And that'll be our, we supported the friendly local game store. Mm-hmm. And then the second day, if mm-hmm. we have a second day, mm-hmm. those proceeds will go to a charity of our choice. And I like that. We've always liked to help charities. I love that. So that sounds good. And then the third day, if we come to it, mm-hmm. will be those proceeds go to something ooh la la as a raffle prize for Long Con. I like that. Long Con Prime. Slash
0: the barbecue fund. Right. Yeah. Which, exciting news there, not only are we special guests at North Texas again this year, but they're going to have not one but two potentially barbecue trucks. Exciting.
1: Yep. So that's your Long Con Spring news. That's what we know.
0: Yeah, we're excited, looking forward to it.
1: So if you were listening just to hear that, because we twisted your arm into it, thanks for listening. Oh, and, and when will the tickets go on sale? Yes. When will badges go on sale? When indeed. Could be our next Twitch show. That could be something we do Twitch live. Oh, wow, yeah. Watch it sell out. There you go.
0: There you go.
1: Because, okay, Long Con Spring, you can stop listening now. All right. Speaking of the Twitch show. Yeah. We kind of need to, I don't know if we've said it on here before, where we're kind of like, like, do we keep going or we walk away from it?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because we, it's not that they, that we've got, poor ratings or anything. No, no. But I think a lot of them are the same people that are listening right now to this podcast.
1: Well, then they're getting a double. So maybe they enjoy that.
0: Could be. Or they get to see our ugly mugs. Exactly. Which, there's some changes to our ugly
1: mugs. That's right. That's right. So we may or may not keep doing it, but if we continue doing it, we want to bring the heat, show off, show out. And so that might be the next one we do. Like, hey, listen to the show and sometime during the show we will turn on the badge sales to bring you folks in with more clickbait i love it but we really want to show them that we're the top rated number one most beloved show on there if you can't be the best why do it
0: right exactly
1: and the other thing is we could do it ourselves Mm mm-hmm
0: which i've mentioned that a few times whereas you know sometimes there's another show that conveniently pops up right after we said we want to do this day you know like like it's funny like the tuesdays that we can't get on for some reason nobody else doing a show that night we put in to do a show boom someone's we got bumpers someone's before someone's behind us and it kind of cuts down on our hour that little extra bit and you know there's certain things we can't talk about certain things we can't you know, or, or certain subjects or languages of our boat and whatever, and it's kind of like I'd like to where we could just talk about what we want as long as we want, whenever we want. There's something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah. and I would like to
1: change that some things too. So it's nothing against oh, we Goodman love at all.
0: Goodman games. You know, y'all know that. I don't. We don't shouldn't have to say that. We love Goodman. It's nothing against them, but it's just it'd nice to be able to run maybe an hour and fifteen, an hour and a half if we wanted to. You know. And be able to talk about a somewhat racier, saltier subject matter, you know. Not that as y'all know, we're not into like a bunch of, you know, blue language or whatever or particularly racy topics, yeah. but you know. Yeah, we go we go blue a little now again, but you know what the hell you say? Bullshit. Anyway.
1: All right. Okay, so now what have we got to talk about? I don't know. What is the horse that has been beaten to death in the last couple of weeks? Hey, look,
0: there's an elephant in the room.
1: Was it dead by now?
0: Uh,
2: Yeah. Has the the elephant
1: been beat to death? Yeah. So that's what I don't want to talk about today. Right. Everybody has talked about it. It Mm -hmm. is ubiquitous. Yeah, absolutely. You can't get away from it. Pervasive, yeah. So since you can't get away from it, Mm-hmm. we've got to give our little five minute spiel. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and keep this brief. <sighs>
0: yeah. So let's see. Cause I know bad Mike blew up and went off last night on, uh, Talking crit. Yeah. yeah,
1: which was a really good episode. That was a great episode. With we our really enjoyed good it. good friend Gary O. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So check that out. Yeah, go check it out. Check out the highlights. It's mm-hmm. a three-hour show. <laughs> I was yeah. like, boy, when we go to an hour and a half to two hours, we're like, is anybody listening? Yeah, yeah. Woof. But, yeah. but yeah. It was good, it but was it was long. Good. I guess you can break it down into digestible chunks. Now, I'm going to
0: have to get that little snippet from um, the Chappelle show, like wrap it wrap up. Wrap it
2: up, B. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wrap it up, wrap it up. All right carry on and uh right now supposedly there's going to be an official response from watsi and And we're watching the clock on that waiting with bated breath we'll jump off the podcast and watch it and come back but Mm -hmm. here's what we are going to say about it Mm -hmm. Uh, as it is right now it is a horrible thing Mm -hmm. it is really draconian Mm -hmm. Uh, it's reaching into other people it's it's the theft. It's the taxation of the RPG world.
0: And you know how I feel about tax. Yeah.
1: It's theft. So you've heard all about it. What we're going to say is the same as NTRPG. They are not going to put any one D&D games on the schedule. Absolutely. That's the little protest. Mm-hmm. Personally... Uh, well, the Long Con will not be supporting it. We go along with that too. We're not going to put any one D and D on our game schedule right, for right. what it's worth.
0: Yeah, and yeah, for what it's worth. But it's it's kind of like there's a lot of outrage and a lot of you know vitriol or whatever on the internet. But and like some people have said, it's good to you know let your voice be heard. Email, call, you know, call their call center, email them. But I'm telling you, major corporations that make billions of dollars a year they don't care about your outrage The what the only thing they'll acknowledge and see is when their bottom line plummets, don't spend one more cent on any magic, the gathering cards, no, you know, D and D paraphernalia. Don't buy one thing that's got that, you know, Amber sand on it, whatever, nothing. And when they see their sales plummet, they'll come to the table with their eyes wide open and, you know, and their ears open and ready to to listen to reason. That's just my two bits on that.
1: Okay. So Well, I'll tell you this story to tell you that story as Matt yeah, would say, yeah, or as a tater salad would say, <laughs> as most of you probably know, Matt is in the process of working on an adventure. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, we're small, the smallest of publishers over here and yeah. me and John Watson are working on our, uh, horde crawl. Mm-hmm. And he messaged me the other day and was like, what do you think? Is this going to affect us? And I'm like, Joe Goodman hasn't told me to worry yet yeah. when he's worried, I'll get worried. So work will continue. Mm-hmm. even then, though Matt wants to stop working on his for any possible reason no, no. work must continue yeah you know, I was
0: going to say I had I had set aside a large swath of time I've taken off from work I've got the money together for artists I've been communicating with some artists and I was really getting excited about the project and then this crap happened and I'm like man are you kidding me you know I
1: think it would be easy enough for you to make it system agnostic if you had to though
0: well yeah and, and well, it's funny you should mention that truth be known I wanted to do a version for, I already have a version it was originally written for DCC I want to do it in DCC but then I thought about doing a version for the long, I mean, what, um, for some other versions, you know, maybe a castles and crusades version, maybe a a, 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 black hat compliant version, you know, whatever. So there already been some thought, you know, on that, but yeah, but it'd be, you know, we're about to see probably a glut of, uh, right. non D D role playing systems. And I'm not mad about that. You know, I've constantly I'm going, please, people, there's so many good systems other than D&D. It's not this big hardship. Go try them. They're very similar. You're smart people. If you're playing these games, check out these other rule sets. Find the one you like and run with it. Play anything other than, you know, and I mean, or keep playing Fitness if you like it, but don't spend money with Watson. Don't feed the beast. Play the game. Don't buy any more of their paraphernalia. Yeah, and I don't think this
1: OGL is actually going to come out. mm mm-hmm. As it stands right now, I think this outcry is going to make them realize. Mm-hmm. So I don't see this actually
0: happening. I think mm-hmm. this is one of those things that we'll be able to swat down. And 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 I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But, like, again, y- y- this comes down to this. Okay, I want you to think about this. People go, this doesn't make any sense. How can it be? But shareholders don't care about the integrity of D&D. They don't care about – they don't even know about d The shareholders at Hasbro, these shareholders are – multi-millionaire, whatever people that don't play d and don't give a crap. And the fact is, they don't, they don't see the big picture. All they want to hear is, what are you going to do to make my shares go up to be more valuable? You know what I mean? That's all they care about. And, and it's like you go, well, they're cutting off the nose by their own face. Well, perfect example. We had had our con at a previous hotel for two, three years. Mm-hmm. We brought them money. We had a good relationship. They made money. We had a great venue at a, at a reasonable price, blah, blah, blah. They sold burgers and food and, and you know drinks or whatever. Everyone's happy. This new guard comes in and they basically set up a deal kind of like this ogl people are like nobody with a brain's going to sign that right same deal they put a contract in front of us or we're just going to quadruple your price and the idea was either they it was a win-win for them either they because they wanted us gone which was obvious so it's like well either you're going to get gone good or if you're dumb enough to pay quadruple. All right, we'll have you back at quadruple suckers, you know. So, yeah, I mean, same deal here. This OGL, no one's going to sign it. And if they do, great, because it gives away all your rights, all your privileges, one quarter of your profits or whatever. Or you walk or you don't sign it and then they're going to have their cadre of lawyers ready to come after you. I think this isn't along those same lines. That's just my
1: thought on that. Well, speaking to that, brings me to this point that isn't it a good thing that we don't have our cons wagon hitched mm-hmm. to Watsy? Mm-hmm. And like if we were an League con, if that was our big draw, was doing epics and all that kind of stuff, we would be quaking in fear now.
0: Well, yeah, Eddie, what he's referring to is back in the day, I helped uh, Tad Zavell and Bobby Howe, God bless Bobby's soul, run a con called BroCon and Shreveport Bossier and man we had like out of the box year one hundreds and hundreds of people you know I mean the kind of numbers that we're slowly you know working towards bull like I think the last year we had it we had something like 400 attendees so yeah but you're like that sounds like really great con really prosperous what happened 3.5 d d went away and uh, the Living Greyhawk League went away and that was it it killed that con it, yeah. D.O.A. I mean it was that was it because we, we were tied too much to that concept. But, you know. So, so here's yeah.
1: another one for you yeah. that our good friend uh, Jonathan Thompson put this up on the Facebook mm-hmm. is if we don't have D&D one or one D&D. So I don't remember. Yeah. anyway, if we don't have it at our con, is that going to turn off the future generations? And I don't think so. Yeah. I think there is a good chance that this sixth generation is going to be another popcorn fart like four E was. Mm-hmm. I think this is gonna be another down edition.
0: Yeah. And and that's where I was going to talk about some of this stuff as part of our main topic. So yeah, I'm not going to go like, too far right now. But exactly. So I'm just gonna Yeah, but we're definitely touching on it. Um
1: I don't think we're gonna alienate anybody by no. not
0: having any sixth edition because it's not even here yet. Yeah. But and this is what Eddie and I props to Eddie is down the line what really incensed him more than anything was you know, for me, and that's what people try to go. You don't like Fifth Edition? No, Fifth Edition a wonderful role playing system. It's Watsy that kind of. like, I didn't leave the so and so party. The so and so party left me. Hasbro. I didn't. I, I didn't leave D and D. D and D left me. And that's where Watsy, for Hasbro. me, did some stuff in the last year or two that kind of alienated me. And now Hasbro's done stuff that's alienated all of us. You know, whatever. But that's where uh, it's not a dig on the system. I like fifth edition. It's it's not a bad system. I still think it's a little overcomplicated. But um, but it is a decent system. But it's just the fact is I don't, and I've been this way for a year, year and a half now, I don't want to do anything that would encourage anybody to go out and buy those books. But then the other side of that is, what about the game stores? Exactly. Yeah. I want the friendly local game stores To be able to make their money off of fifth edition, but... Well, and if it's it's going away, then really, why are we pushing it again if it's going away? But
1: I think game stores are kind of in that awkward position of you have to have Mm D&D, and you have to have magic, Mm -hmm. and you can't have one without the other.
0: Yeah, I was... I I think I may have mentioned this on here already, but if I hadn't, I was at... um, What's the place in Shreveport... Gamers X or whatever P. XP Gamers XP, and I'm talking with this young man behind the counter, and like I'd said when we were talking, he was talking about Magic Man. They've I'm a Magic player from, from years back, but I'm so, I feel so alienated and I'm so angry with them and the way they're treating the players and what they're doing. I said, okay, well, you know, what, what are you going to do about it? You know, kind of. And then I said, have you seen what they're doing with you know One D and D and the virtual tabletop and how that's gonna. And I explained to him in case he hadn't really put two and two together, you know, stuff that we were talking about months ago that's coming to fruition. We've been proven absolutely right on everything we said. Um, when, I, when I was talking to him and I said, 99.9% of the stuff on your shelf over here is all D and D stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, it's, it's basically like what's handing you a knife to cut your throat with and you're cutting it, you know I mean? For him, you know, it's like you need to encourage and I get it, d is your big seller, but one reason it is your big seller, it's the one you're pushing. It's the one y'all have y'all's Monday night campaign based around It's the one that's on, there's very few books other than d d on your shelf. Have some other books. Encourage people to play those. Encourage people to run those. Do some demo games or whatever. You know, I'd mentioned that I was a DCC road crew guy and I'd love to come do a road crew demo for him, you know, so anyway.
1: Well, I don't see... 1D&D or 6E being our target audience. Mm-hmm. And really, watsy Hasbro is going out of their way to kill game stores mm-hmm. and kind of kill conventions with this. Sure. Because this is one that you're supposed to play online. They want
0: everything to be virtual. So there may be virtual conventions, but you know, in case you haven't picked up on it, me and Eddie aren't really big on the whole virtual convention thing.
1: Yeah, and we're not an old school con like NTRPG, but no. still... When you have our buddies that are small publishers and we being the smallest of publishers, mm-hmm. that's they fucking up.
0: Yeah. Well, and I've seen people online try to, you know, there's some, the real diehard sycophants that are like, well, what's the big deal? You know, capitalism's great. Now, I, I believe in capitalism too, but it's like they're a company and what's wrong with them doing things to maximize their profits and da 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 da. But I'm like, they already control a lion's share of the market. The majority of the money being spent on role playing games, they're getting it. And by, by complete by eliminating all these few competitors that they can with this OGL debacle, whatever, is really just a drop in the bucket. You know what I mean? It's like, is it worth? In the, but so I mean, to them, it's not going to make much of a difference. I feel like financially for them. But on the other hand, how hard will the impact be on these people when people are blasé about? Well, what's the big deal? When you see someone like Frog God Games or Cobalt Press or, uh, you know, if they don't pivot quickly, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to fire people. And if they don't pivot well, the company might fold. And you're talking about 50, 60, 70 people are out of a job. You've affected their livelihood. So there's, when you go, what's the big deal? Well, there's the big deal, you know? And these are are good people. We know a lot of these people that work for these companies. They're good people. They're nice people, And, and it's a shame to see them lose their livelihood because of, corporate greed in this case it's not just oh capitalism great this is greed and it's really kind of silly like i said they already have the lion's share of the money that's going into the market goes to them anyway i mean how much more their profits go up by putting cobalt press and frog God games out of business what's how much their ledger page is going to shift how much i don't know on the, but on the other hand the impact is momentous to those companies anyway
1: yeah Okay, so like we said, we don't want to beat this horse to death. (laughs) It's already pretty dead and stinking. The flies are all around it. And tomorrow, this could all be a done deal. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, rage against it, Mm -hmm. but it could instantly go away. So we will see. Vote with your wallet. Any last thoughts before we run away from this topic for a
0: while? Not Off the top of my head...
1: All right. And I'll say it's when it, like I said, talking about like the corporate greed, it's one of those things when your little hobby gets so big, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's like the band that you loved is a garage band, but then mm-hmm. they sell out. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. It's just gotten too big and too far away from the people that love
0: it. And Last it was, thought. Okay. Last thought. One real quick, again, looking out for the people that we care about though, you, you look at like a small companies like, you know, Greg Gillespie and Cobalt and some of these ones or whatever, if this does come true that the OGL comes out, you need to quickly as you can buy. If there's that thing you've been thinking about buying, but you know, money's a little tight or you haven't gotten around to it, go buy it ASAP because that's, that ought to help them. And I mean, I'm talking about buy it. If there's a way to do it directly from them, like, because if you go buy it from some reseller well, you're not really helping Greg Gillespie or Cobalt Press, But if you can buy it directly from them, whether it's the PDF form, because if this OGL comes out and it's legit, they might not be able to sell that very soon. They won't be able to sell it. And for two is to help them weather this time when they're pivoting, that extra cash influx might help them. So I would encourage you to uh, help these, you know, small indie companies, these third party companies, help them out. Throw them a buck if you can in some way. You anyway, know, that's my final thought on that.
1: All right. So now we go into our <laughs> hobbies st- or our uh, pop culture, pop cultures. Yeah. Pop, pop into, Pop culture. Pop culture. We're keeping an eye on this video over here to see if it uh, ever comes up to a response. And I'm starting to think, no, it's not going to happen. But we we will see. We we will keep you updated with all the news that's fit to speak. Yeah. Okay. Books, comic books. No. All right. Folks who have listened to this podcast for a bit will have heard me talk about one of my favorite comic book writers, Al Ewing. Yeah. He does Immortal Hulk amongst a bunch of other things. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I have no idea how I get down these rabbit holes, but I decided to check out the new X-Men, X-Men Red, and Venom. The common denominator, they're all being written by uh, Al Ewing right now. Mm-hmm. So, And I read them and then came back and was like, man, these are pretty good. Who wrote these? Oh, aha, I see. Go figure, yeah. But it's a little weird getting back into X-Men stuff now because, yes, it is a big soap opera. -hmm. Oh, yeah. And back in the day Mm -hmm. when you knew every character, and Mm -hmm. now you come back and you're like, who the hell are these people? Like (laughs) a female Wolverine, and before you roll your eyes out of your head, it's actually pretty good.
0: Well, good, good. We already knew that they had worked up a, a female Wolverine because the character is insanely popular. So,
1: you know. I think Wolverine is dead right now, though, probably yeah. because the old man Logan and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go away for a little bit so we can miss the character, and then they can go, the return,
0: the shocking return. And you'll buy up, Yeah, you know. But no, I mean, even on old man Logan, they had his, what they harvested his DNA to make Project 23 or whatever she's supposed to be. Yep. Yeah. So that's
1: basically how that is. is she's this mm-hmm. science experiment that one of the scientists impregnated herself with some of this genetic material. So she's not a clone clone. Yeah. And Wolverine considers her daughter. Oh wow. After all this, so it's mm-hmm. it's actually pretty cool. Okay. She's got a good backstory and everything. I will give that the stamp of approval. Okay. The X Men red though
0: What's the, what I read.
1: They've settled Mars. Oh. So they've had their own little uh, Genosha Island mm-hmm. for so long. Mm-hmm. And now they've settled Mars. They're pretty much like, well, maybe we won't get along with humanity. We're trying, but if our... that doesn't work, we'll get our own planet. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. And they've brought back like some ancient life that was on Mars before. So they're having to deal with that too. Like their customs. So interesting it's both of those are really good books and then venom which are you a big venom fan as a general yeah i was back in the day okay but who wasn't right never well you weren't into the marvel comics at that time at that
0: time i'd kind of stepped away from comics but venom became a big thing
1: but But i was a big spider-man fan so i was in there all along as a
0: little kid i love spider-man if you didn't like spider-man you're a little kid like there's something wrong with you yeah
1: for some reason i was drawn to a smart ass like spider-man you mm. always had a comeback for everything. Something cute to say always. 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 No matter how tired of it you were. Yeah. So that's why I'm really a fan of Spider-Man and my wife's identified not. Him. My wife's like, I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. She's like, how about Batman? He just sits quietly in the corner. <laughs> Brooding. You know? Put on this cape, go in the corner and <laughs> go, shut go, up.
0: Go brood, you know. But the new uh.
1: Venom... That's had it's all cuz i mean it's like oh i remember when these characters were new and now it's like they've got 20 years of history behind them
0: like in venom like an anti-hero or something now
1: yeah or? but he's also a god oh my so all those symbiotes the which was what the suit yeah. was yeah, yeah. so cuz carnage is one apparently there was a something. god over that oh. and he has risen up and taken his place and he's moving through time now and his son he is currently not bonded to the suit, the current suit, but he's hmm. been using it a lot wow. and it's kind of like, huh, what's going on? And I don't want to give the spoilers, but yeah. yeah, he's, he's moving through his own life in a way.
0: Interesting. Well, that sounds very interesting.
1: Al Ewing has a way of making that kind of bizarre stuff work out, mm-hmm. which again, like if you haven't broke down or read the immortal Hulk oh, yet, that you pray get on that.
0: it. Praise, 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 praise. Yeah. All
1: right. How about some TV?
0: Well, let's see. Uh, Heather and I finished watching um, Harmon Quest and resounding just, you know, she was like, like, tell me there's going to be a fourth season. I'm like, more than likely not, which is really a shame because it's just so much fun. But anyway, like I know... There are people out there that love uh, Critical Role. Is that right? Critical mm-hmm. Role, and and there's and not take anything away from that. Critical Role is great. I mean, you can the, take something away those from those people it. are voice actors. Uh, Matt Mercer's supposed to really, you know, put all this work in into this campaign he's running. I mean, they've they've made a lot of money and they brought a lot of people to gaming. I thank them for that. All that being said, I could probably set Heather in front of Critical Role and she'd be like, after five minutes, go, uh, let's turn this off. But on the other hand, I queued up some Harmon Quest, and she's like, "This is hilarious!" And they're really inept. She's like, "I feel a lot better." (laughs) And I went, "Oh yeah." I said, "When you guys, when you think you guys don't know what you're doing, and you're inept, these people are Hollywood-paid, you know, writers and actors and comedians, and they're incredibly inept. It's just hilarious. They just do the bumbling, stupidest shit." But it's great. It's funny. It's very entertaining. The animated part really kind of makes it pop. Um, uh, Spencer Crittenden uh, runs a, a neat campaign, and so yeah, no, I I can't praise Harmon Quest enough. You can watch it on BRV or Crunchyroll anyway. And do you have get, to have
1: subscriptions for those?
0: You do, but if you're sly, you can get like a one week oh, a trial, or one month trial, and you can easily power through those and then cancel it if you want to be. But I mean, by all means, I think one month is only like nine ninety nine or
1: something. I don't think I've seen all of them. And because they've always been locked on some other bizarre service here mm-hmm. or there.
0: Yeah. They started on CISO, which was this freebie channel. Mm-hmm. And then CISO went away, sadly. Uh, and the, and I thought, oh, what will happen? Well, then VRV picked up season two, which had already been produced. It just hadn't settled anywhere. So they showed the second season there. And then luckily VRV signed off on a third season. But they that was back in 2019.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, have they done episodes since he's got divorced?
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Cause oh, if, okay. Cause if you'll look, is she
1: on the first two or f- just the first I, season? No,
0: she's on all three. Oh, Aaron McGathy, And oh. he had one point is where he always leaned like, and to my right, you know, lovely. It's like my former spouse or whatever. But they kept it affable, amicable, or whatever. But it's funny. If you'll watch on, um, on, on that Harmon Quest or if you'll watch Rick and Morty, uh, at the end of the shows, they they talked like uh, Starburns Industries, which is still Harmon's thing, and they, hey, it's a it's a good show. And then you'll see uh, Harmonious Claptrap, and it's a little car, uh, claymation kind of guy. Originally, it was a guy with some gal in bed with him or something. Mm-hmm. That was Aaron McGathy. Then eventually, you see a guy on a couch with booze bottles around him and dogs and stuff like pets. That was him when he was alone. So anyway, uh, you you see that on Harmon Quest, that progression as well. So I mean. And I think when there are later claymations where it's like him in bed with two women or something (laughs) like that, I don't know. But anyway, uh, no, no, no. Him and Aaron McGathy seem to be amicable, you know. Okay, so Uh, I like
1: that show as well, Uh what I've seen of it. But let me ask you this one. Would you want to play in that campaign no, that would drive me nuts, yeah probably
0: yeah. And, and, and i'll say that but it's yeah yeah I, mean, I can be honest in that regard sure sure Now I, it's like i would because i did, well and what I, interesting is it's only 25 minutes long
2: mm, but which I, is
0: nice but yeah but i read somewhere that like the actual episodes they might film like an hour and a half worth and of trim material, it down and they trim it down that's what we should do <laughs> just the jokes <laughs> probably yeah just the shtick or whatever welcome
1: to the three hour episode yeah. guys
0: but other than that, as far as shows go, yeah, that's
2: yeah.
1: Okay, here's what I watched on uh, Overlord Amazon: Kids in the Hall. Oh, was it the new the, one or the old one? The new one, the twenty twenty version or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, I've
0: been meaning to watch it. And I just because I loved them back in the day. Yeah. So and? if
1: you liked Kids in the Hall, I will recommend this to you. Cool. There was another one that's Kids in the Hall Death checks in or something like that so i'll have to figure out what that one's about wow. and see if that's something newer or older or what but this one is the uh skit show and yeah really funny a lot of the old characters return
0: oh good they, they have mr cabbage head
2: whatever
1: i'm squishing your head he comes oh, yeah. back oh yeah yeah <laughs> there was one that for some reason sitting at the table with matt makes me think of this the guy is, uh, he's not drunk. He's super drunk with the powers of all, you know. So he's a superhero, but he has to get drunk to do it. So yeah. that one was funny to me. That wasn't the best one. Oh, the best one might be is there's one where they're in the post-apocalypse mm-hmm. and uh, Dave Foley is a DJ. <laughs> that one's pretty funny. That is kind of funny. Okay, how about some movies?
0: Movies. Oh, gosh. So uh, poor Heather. Um, she had mentioned that she had never seen The Lord of the Rings. So I've got her watching. Well, there goes 12 hours of your life. Exactly. Yeah, don't say that. Oh, She'll now wait. this. Yeah. Are you going to watch Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit? We already watched the cartoon version of The Hobbit because I figured, screw that, you should really have The Hobbit first because there's like stuff where she'd be like, you know, I'd be lost if it wasn't for the fact we already watched The Hobbit. But instead of making her watch what should have been one movie stretch into three movies, nope, we watched The Hour and... Twenty-minute, you know, great Hobbit cartoon. That was a yeah smart play. Yeah, I mean,
1: and yeah, actually, yeah. the animated Lord of the Rings is worth watching. Oh, absolutely, even though yeah. it ends at that cliffhanger. Yeah,
2: where
0: there's a whip, there's a way. Wh- I mean, that's a classic. Um, and uh, but yeah, no, no. So we we watched uh, the Hobbit cartoon, and then now we started on the very. I mean, I've got the extended Ooh La La edition. Uh huh. So we're watching that.
1: The extended Ooh La La edition. Yeah, so yeah,
0: we're like we've spent. Two evenings and we're probably about two thirds of the way through it.
1: Through the first movie,
0: yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like, I'm trying to think what part. Oh, yeah, they're they're just fixing to leave Rivendell. Yeah. So yeah, he's just like, I'll take the ring, you know, or whatever. Well, if you survive this, Heather. Yeah.
1: and well, i think out of the two of us i'm the lord of the rings fan yeah. and i'm even like you're watching the super deluxe extended version yeah, yeah. with somebody for the first time
0: but i figure that's the thing is i mean better than to watch it and then come back and go oh, there was an extended super deluxe version you know well, it's like whereas i'd
1: be like here it is if you just love it so much you want to watch the long version okay. we'll watch the long version sometime
0: yeah. different state of, uh, state of mind but yeah but anyway let us know heather we're watching it and yeah it would be fun to get her honest opinion on it, whatever, but I mean, she's come back and watched it, but I mean, it was like at one point, I was like, eh, it's getting kind." and she's like, yeah, I better go to bed, and I'm like, is that really a, we need to go to bed, or is it, yeah, enough of this crap, because I mean, I'm, it's, uh-huh. but I haven't watched it in over a decade myself.
1: Oh, yeah, it's been forever, just because it's so long. Uh-huh. My big memory for uh, The Hobbit The last one, since that's, I guess, the most recent movie, Mm -hmm. is me and my wife falling asleep to it and waking up at different points on our flight to Japan Ah, because we just put on that movie on the Mm -hmm. you know little in-flight seat. Uh You sleep for a couple hours and you'd be like, okay, here we are, still in, because that had to be like three hours. It was
0: just ridiculous. That should have been and could have been like maybe make it a a somewhat long, maybe a two-hour single movie and that you could have absolutely done justice to it and what said is originally they were going to have del toro do it he has such a mm-hmm. his visual style and, and is so amazing I, it's really heartbreaking that that they didn't use him for that but anyway but that's the, one of the movies we're watching we've watched okay so i don't
1: know if this one got past you completely a brad pitt movie called bullet train
0: i saw uh, um, trailers for it or whatever so what did you think off the trailers um, it's later in Brad Pitt's career and he'll kind of take anything, I guess.
1: I really like that movie.
0: Well, and and that I'm glad to hear that. That's good.
1: It's very, it wants to be Tarantino esque. Uh-huh. It, it wants to be a Tarantino movie. Uh-huh. I thought it was really good. Well, good. So there you go. Uh, for those of you, cause really it did kind of go under the radar. I think, Yeah, you know, it didn't,
0: I don't think it performed that well, you know?
1: So he is. Kind of like a criminal courier, mm-hmm. get on this bullet train, get this suitcase, get off. Mm-hmm. But then he with, becomes yeah. embroiled with all the other things that are going on mm-hmm. with that suitcase. Yeah. So really good. I don't think it's given anything away to say that there are a lot of assassins on the train.
0: Oh, yeah, that want the the chest. Or of whatever. course. And he whips their ass. Of course. But
2: yeah.
1: it's funny. It's good. It's a pretty funny movie it's not you know like um, i the serious jason Bourne badass probably because yeah. he is getting a little bit older
2: yeah
0: so anyway it was good well that's like when i watch free guy at first i was like free guy but the kids are like, gonna love it and then i actually watch it and was like actually yeah. i did enjoy that you know so
1: and yeah. i'll say uh i was flipping through hulu the other day or whatever and it's uh. like movies that you would enjoy and the duel was on there uh-huh. And I was like, you know, I could just watch the duel again right yeah, now. Yeah, that one was that one. There's another mind. one for you. Yeah, another like
0: I kind of was like, what, you know, old uh, goofball and goofball McGee, but yeah, um, not a
1: fan of the actors, but, but that yeah, was that movie well. makes you a believer,
0: right? Well, that's like originally back in the day, I was like, ugh, Brad Pitt, and then I watched Fight Club, and I was like, all right, I like I like Brad Pitt, you know, begrudgingly, you know, because he was great in Fight Club. And, of course, I really like Edward Norton, but anyway.
1: Yeah. American History X. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, he was in um, Kingdom of Heaven as the leper.
1: I liked his Incredible Hulk.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking about that, too. It's a shame that they say he was kind of hard to work with on that. I would much rather have had him than old... um, Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah. So what a shame. He missed out on a chance to make a whole lot of money if he had just, you know, kind of kept his mouth shut, it sounds like.
1: All right. How about some video games?
0: Video games. I really wanted to, but it's one of those things. Heather. Where, no, there's not enough hours in the day. And, or I feel guilty because I'd kind of made, and I've stuck to it to a certain degree. That It's like, until I have my project done, I'm kind of not messing with the video games because I can can go down that hole and get distracted. So, no.
1: I am somewhat in that boat myself because I've got the new God of War sitting here.
0: Mm. Oh, and my coworker, the kid at work that loves video games, that's all he's been talking about is that damn game.
1: So I don't want to go too far into a video game hole where it's like... Like if it was, I'm going to start another playthrough of Elden Ring. See you in a month. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to go too far down it Mm because I have things to do. I have responsibilities.
0: Because the only thing, and hopefully you can appreciate it, the only reason, the only game I went against my pact over was Elden Ring is because you were like, come on, man. You know, me and Gary are playing. I'm like, all right. You know, and I bought it like that night where I would rather have had the disc or something. Um, But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, I went down that hole hard, you know. So I've, told, I've talked about it before, the kitty
1: cat game, Stray. Yeah. I think it was like six to eight hours, like you were something pretty short, constantly, <laughs> constantly meowing. So I thought that game was going to be pretty good. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of good reviews, but in practice, I didn't really like it that much. I had mm. to force myself to finish it. And wow. like I said, it was and, six to eight hours. And, and
0: you're a completionist. It wasn't that long a game, six to eight hours. Wow. And
1: still it had worn out its welcome. Wow. Because it's... It's fun being a kitty cat, but uh-huh. then there's some stuff that breaks your immersion. Like, mm. how is a cat going to know, go over here and punch these three buttons and yeah. and even, you know, the parts where they're like, because you've got a little robot guide helping you. It's like, mm. you're asking a lot out of a cat's intelligence yeah. for this to be believable. Mm-hmm. And then it just, so I, I would let that go. I can have that was suspension of disbelief. Yeah. yeah. But it got boring. It's like, okay, here's this part. We have to run from all the monsters. And, okay, we're going to give you a weapon. Eventually, you work your way up to getting a weapon. It's kind of like a a black light or something where it's like, they can't handle the UV rays. That'll destroy them. So after you do all these chores to finally unlock that weapon, you get it for about one level, about 10 minutes or something.
2: Holy crap. I
1: was like, you're kidding me. All this for something that's not even really going to be part of the game. Uh-huh. And then the next part of the game just suddenly goes into a stealth mechanic where that's always one of the, my least favorite yeah, levels of the game. Yeah, yeah.
0: You, that's why you didn't like uh, The Last of Us because it was all about sneaking, sneaking, sneaking. You're not really supposed to ever stand up and fight. It's the best bet most times of these encounters Just try to sneak past them. Yeah, now you're not a fan.
1: And I wasn't a fan of how they did it in this either because it's a lot of like, oh, you didn't know there was a guy standing back there, so... You know, where you, where you got to do it by trial and error. Yeah. You're not like, oh, I did it perfectly and got through on the first time. It's like, tee hee, there's a guy hiding behind you. You didn't see that. So start all over again. Mm-hmm. And it, for that level, it start back at the level. It's not like, oh, okay, I got to this that, one that zone and that or, zone. Yeah. And it's the whole level. And Ugh, I'm like,
0: yeah, that's never fun.
1: This is really padding it out. Yeah. So
0: there's basically like, how can we make the game run longer? Yeah. Yeah,
1: And I wanted this to be something on the simpler side that I could like recommend to my mother-in-law or something. Who's not really a video gamer and And go like, yeah, like, you get to be a little kitty cat. It'll be so much fun. And it has pretty much like auto jump. So you don't have to worry about that. Like, Oh, what if I don't make the jumps? So it's like, you made those concessions here to make the game really easy. Mm -hmm. But then you made it where there's like jump scares and stuff Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, that's kind of taken me out. I want this to be a more cutesy game, Mm -hmm. and go this path, and you're going that path, and then you Mm -hmm. make it difficult in spots where I think that's the wrong kind of difficulty for the maybe casual fan that would be enjoying this. Mm -hmm. So, eh, it was what it was, and once again, who I'm not endorsing, because they haven't paid me, but they should, I'm glad it's a rental. yeah, Because that would have been one that I'd probably rushed out and spent my money on, and then been like, yeah,
0: okay. So here, not to go against our paradigm or whatever, but we, we don't, don't generally you do talk it? about board games.
1: And eh, we do if. Yeah. So do you have a board game you want to talk about? Well, I know or you just want to talk about my board games? Well, I don't, you've got some new board games. I've that got board games all over the place. I, We're I, drowning in them right now. I'm
0: looking around the table, and yeah, you're not kidding. There's a ton of them. So there's one that I think, I don't know how, your module may vary, but the misses is pretty crazy about, you told me.
1: Oh, okay. So here we go. If I haven't said it, uh, our good buddy Kirby loaned me Ticket to Ride and the what is the Nordic countries Ticket to Ride, mm-hmm. and that game has been around for a while, mm-hmm. but I've never played it. It's one that I've wanted to play forever.
0: Yeah, because I've heard really good things about it.
1: It's to great. Ride. I love it. So there's your recommendation there, and another thanks to Kirby. Mm-hmm. So then I do game demos, and some of the games I've got in are Ragnaroks, mm-hmm. which is pretty fun, super simple but has the more complex strategies that you can get into. Mm -hmm. And then the one that my wife loves so much, she likes Ragnarok's, but the one that she loves so much is Disney's sorcerer's arena, which I think that you would enjoy it too. Really? Interesting. It's a battle Royal King of the Hill sort of thing Mm -hmm. where you control these points and play your little cards to use your different powers. Strategy games. Yeah. So it's got strategy to it and there are different strategies. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Different characters have their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah,
1: like Gaston is in it, and he's a brawler. Yeah. And what is it, well, Sully? You
0: know, no one fights like Gaston.
1: Exactly. And Sully's in it from Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah. He's a brawler. So if you just mm-hmm. want to have, like, my team is composed of people that'll go up and knock the poop out of you. There's the strategy.
0: Yeah.
1: Or I've got the expansion kit in for it, too, which I think this one is Thrills and Chills. Ah. And it's got the Horned King in it ah. from Black Cauldron. Wow, cool! You a fan of the Black Cauldron?
0: Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. Well,
1: it was a yeah. Are you a fan of it, or? No, and then I am sure some no. of some of the one or two younger people that listen to this maybe are like, what? Huh?
0: If, if you can find that, that is a and it really doesn't get it due, but that's one that pe- for people that know it and like it, they love it. You know, I mean, it's yeah.
1: So that. this one you are playing on the hex board, mm-hmm. and the Horned King can summon up uh, skeletons from the Cauldron. You have the Cauldron born on there. So you're like, I'm one guy, but then I'm going to summon up these three cauldron born and chase you around and they can do damage and you can do some really cool stuff yes, with that, that.
0: Sounds, I mean, first you'd go Disney, which would be actually a draw for Jen. I think oh, she's yeah. a little fond of Disney. But the fact is that actually, the more you talk about, I'm like, that sounds kind it, of my jam. Yeah, It yeah. is a freaking good game. Yeah. I enjoy
1: it. And yeah. it's a two-player duel type of game. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, you can add more sets in. Of course, they've got expansions. Or if you're like, I want to play the Horn King. I want to play the Horn King. Buy the buy like two copies of the expansion set, or like I've got one now. You go get one, and now we can both do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then what is this game here? I don't want to mispronounce it.
1: Millefiori, fiori, bop bop <laughs>
0: Exactly.
1: And the thing is, for these games, I have to certify on them, mm-hmm. so I have to sit down with somebody in a like Zoom meeting. And so, prove so, that yeah, I know so, what's going on. So, Ragnarok's was super simple. I got that done in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. But, Sorcerer's mm-hmm. Arena, it's a simple game, but there's a lot up front. Mm-hmm. So, I'm wondering how that one's going to go, how mm-hmm. difficult that's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, Milleforti. We'll see. That has a super busy looking board. Yeah, I'm
0: looking at that board and I'm going, whoa, oh my.
1: But I don't think it's that bad. And it
0: says ages 10 plus, so I mean. You know. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's going to be that bad. And that is one of the ones that could be the breakout game of this year, the The big board game that you hear so much about. Really? That could be wow. one of them. Oh, it's Christ. by Dever, D-E-V-I-R, and they put out a lot of hits. But on the back I see Schmidt. No
0: Schmidt. That's right.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's out right now in the U.S. Because mm-hmm. I've got a copy. My copy has English. Spanish, Italian, and French hmm. instructions. It's got four different books. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny.
0: But I think, like, I think what Katin came out first, the guy there is German, maybe. Yeah. And if, well, I that, think this one might be German, that, too. That board game renaissance really kind of started. Well, over
1: there's there. the whole Euro. I only play Euro board games because yeah. no matter what hobby you get into, there's somebody. Some hipster. To be, yeah, a snob about it. Yeah. I only play Bishmi. <laughs> D and D, I must have the <laughs> finest raw cuts directly from Gary Gygax's skull.
2: <laughs>
0: exactly. All right. So yeah. So, uh, but for- I put
1: the Sorcerer's Arena there, kind of like Pokemon, uh-huh. where you're like, it's a fun game, but can you play it in public?
0: Oh yeah, because it's Disney. Yeah. But
1: if you can get past that. Yeah, I highly recommend it.
0: But that made me think about something. I've been meaning to mention this on the podcast or otherwise, but I keep forgetting it. But when we went to MagCon, which is our buddy David Donahue's jam or whatever, and I hope <laughs> it comes back. I think uh, you've
1: said this, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, there was a guy who came up and was like raving about some game. And uh, like we were like, oh, what is it? And he was like, it's Sheep Herder. And we were like, Sheep Herder? That sounds you know lame or whatever. He goes, yeah, I mean, the dynamic... You know, It doesn't sound that thrilling, but the actual game mechanics were brilliant and just addictive, and I wanted to keep playing. But I thought, I guess for the general masses, Sheep Herder's better than for me. It'd be like Necromancer, and you're building your own undead death machine or whatever like that. Yeah, that sounds cool and metal to you and me, but to joke you public, it might be like, eh, what is that? You know,
1: but in this one, in the uh, thrills and chills add on, mm-hmm. you do have the horn King and he's basically summoning oh, up skeletons. Yeah. So that's, he is the necromancer. No, that's pretty cool. And then there's another one turning tides or something like that. And I'm trying to think who is the, uh, bad guy from pirates of the Caribbean, Davy Jones, uh, huh. So you can get him and he's putting curses on everybody. And you want to have your, yeah. So you've got that guy and he's putting curses on himself and your people. And and the more curses they have, the more damage they do.
0: And they've got the Hogan, Hogan, however you pronounce it, like the voodoo doctor from a frog prince. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, they've got some, some naughty, you know, fellows doing devious stuff. And they do talk about like tournament play and stuff. And I could see
1: that actually happening. It, is a ton of fun. Cool, cool. So I'll be doing Ragnaroks this Sunday and at Sorcerers at next Sunday at Dragon's Nest and Melefolori the next Sunday after that. So wow. the next 3 Sundays in a row I will be demoing out some games so for come, you good people if you need some, something to do.
0: Play some board games with Eddie at Dragon's Nest on Sundays. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And I highly recommend well, I can't Highly
1: recommend Millefor yet, because I yeah, haven't played it. I haven't even opened yet. the box. Yeah. Uh more than just to look at it because mm-hmm. I got to certify on the other one, so I don't want to get any more board game rules on yeah, my on the top it,
0: of my brain. Yeah, get mm-hmm. confused or something. So Heather and I had been looking at she was like, Well, I, I like the role playing games, but I'm still not, I think, entirely comfortable. My I don't know if I'm using the right word. I don't want to misspeak for Heather, Miss Heather. But anyway, she had talked about somebody or something had gotten her thinking about descent and i don't know i can't remember where she heard about it or what they of thinking about it but she was talking about it. so we pulled up some good old youtube videos and watched a few of descent and and by descent you know there's there's three different versions there's like descent one descent two well some people call this descent three but it's actually it's its own game yeah and it's descent depth Descent and I think one and Masters two probably.
1: are very different as well.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. Those were, hilariously enough, generally like you're playing D&D. Because let's face it, one person is the referee, game master, and the other people are the players, you know, players. And they've got their characters, and you're you're stymieing their efforts, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, this is basically D&D with more steps. It's a board game, you know. For whatever, And I always laugh that like, why not just go play like a role-playing game? But I guess for people that are like, I'm not going to play that that devil game d d but I'll play this board game that is essentially the same damn thing. As long
1: as there's a board, yeah. the devil can't get your soul.
0: Exactly. So, but this Descent, I can't remember the name. I feel bad now. It was a Descent into Darkness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it is clever in that it's got an app so that everyone gets to play. Like no one gets stuck being the referee. But so, if
1: you don't have the app, you don't have a game. You, you have just have game. a box of stuff.
0: But I'll say, that, well, yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, you can play it on your phone, a pad, a computer, a laptop, whatever. But, I mean, yeah, you do have to have the app. But the, So, I guess I guess that's a, a negative. But the Which,
1: pro- if you're doing it on your phone, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of this, but yeah. I'm just giving you the other side. Like, if you're playing it on your phone, there will be parts where it's, like, giving you the narration and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, everybody, let's gather around the phone. And it's and, like, and, and I
0: will say one guy that was giving a review said, Playing on the phone is you want to pull your hair out. But now my phone, which is one of those big old uh, fold whatever phones, yeah, it's not so bad. We were actually using it, but I looked at Heather and said, "Do you have a pad? Because I've got some one somewhere. I don't want to dig it out." And she goes, "I've got one. We'll load the app on it for the next time we play." But ultimately, I like that. I just like she said we get to play together, which is fun, you know. And then also it's you know within our comfort zone. But actually, and I'll say that we only got to play the very first quest. And we did some things wrong because typical me, I'm not going to I want to say guys, but I hate to stereotype in this day and age, but you know, there's a book that comes with it like learn to play. And I was like, nah, I'm not gonna read. I'm going to jump in and figuring that the first quest will be so just hold your hand, walk you through it.
1: And the thing is, if there's an app, Uh Yeah, I would expect the first one to be so easy and and the app is going to walk
0: me through every little piece. And no, I will say that first quest, we did some things wrong because it really didn't baby step you. Normally, I get aggravated that stuff. But in this instance, I was leaning into hoping it was going to do that real baby steps. How did you like building the map as you went? Um, It wasn't bad because, I mean, there's only so many pieces. The only thing was, though, I had no idea how big it was going to get. You better have some space Hmm. because I cleared off part of the game table because it's set up for a paint table right now. Yeah, it actually was quite sprawling.
1: And again know? with the first level, you mm-hmm. think quick, oh, be, easy, small.
0: No, like like you start like on the verge of like the marsh, and then the marsh goes to this gate, and in the gate you're inside of like this, you know, watchtower, and then you're out the other side of the watchtower back in the marsh. I mean, yeah, it's it's but it would be like Eddie we're getting at is if you expected small, you might be a little uh but if you're figuring how much can fit in a box. It's a big box. It's heavy. And I will say the quality of the terrain, the pieces and things, I really like it. The miniatures are well made. They're gorgeous. They're sturdy. I can't wait to paint them. I mean, they're really nice miniatures. Um, And the actual terrain bits are really, it's that good, thick, heavy stock. So, so far, I mean, the app was pretty robust. Uh, and the, the stuff's well made and I enjoyed the first quest and now realizing that after playing it set the hook enough for me to go back and read the learn to play knowing what we did wrong I could see where I'll probably have even more fun next time I know you showed some interest so we'll have to find yeah. some time where you can have up to four players
1: now one of the reviews I watched and you might have seen it too was like it's a lot better as a single player game
0: I didn't see that. But now I will say the one guy, what's like most of these are Brits. Well, I have, most of these game would have used a Brits. And I'm like, yeah, because they talk kind of fast for us Americans, especially southerners. And we're just like, whoa, slow down. And then for two, they're cutting up and being cute to keep you entertained. But I just get to the, the point. Mm-hmm. But there's, so I said, where's that one guy like Dice Tower or something, yep. the American guy? But that guy was pooping all over yeah. the game from the game. I was like, all right, this guy's, I think like this smells of a role playing game and I'm a board game purist or something where he just had something. So we quit watching him because he kept pooping all over it, you know? But anyway, this to say, we said, let's just make up our own minds. We played it, we've had fun, you know? I could see where if it's something to where, like I said, we're, me and Heather at home, well, you can't eat. You could play, you know, D anD D just the two people, but it's nice to have the the app be the referee and get the. Player. All right, shock them with a the sticker price. Yeah, it's one hundred and thirty nine dollars, and it's so. But again, I'll say with, for, I've bought some board games in the last ten years, and pound per pound, the quality of it, the sturdiness of it, the quali- the content or whatever. And you remember, folks, I'm <clears throat> what some people would call thrifty. Mm. Um, I really wasn't upset. I mean, but I will say it's a lot to pay for a board game, but I've seen some of these other board games that they ain't cheap. Some of these other ones, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, 139, it's a little bit of a kick in the tail, but one cool thing is I could see where you probably get enough play out of this to get your value. If you like it and you, you keep playing it. I mean, you can use these different cards and pieces and there's, and what's one thing I thought was kind of cool was, in the adventure there was in, in more than one occasion where it asked my character I'm playing like do you take the noble route or the cause of the people you know and it asked Heather's character again they're supposed to be based off your choices like as the story goes on because you mm-hmm. chose like my own you know advancement and to be the best penultimate wizard or I just want to you know do what I can to help the people you know so it's neat that they've got that built in too anyway yeah I, I enjoyed it so how do you listening. like the art well, I'm not crazy about the I'll, I'll say that, but the, when I say that on the character cards for the characters, whoever the artist was, I wish they'd pick somebody else. Mm. I'm not in love with the artwork, but the miniatures and the actual, I mean, terrain, the terrain looks great. The box looks great. The miniatures look fantastic, but unfortunately, you do stare down at the character card. Not crazy about the artwork on the character, but it's not like, oh, I can't stand to look at this, but... Yeah, I'm like... It's just not appealing. Yeah, I, w- I don't know why they picked this artist. I, I wish they had said, yeah, let's, let's go get somebody else. I'm really not in love with the, the artwork on the character cards. But, that, but as far as the, the, the cards that show like, oh, this is the armor I'm wearing or the helmet I've got or the potion, all that's fine. You know, it's just, I'm not crazy about the art on the character
1: cards. And you know the one game that I got, uh, Escape Dark Tower or whatever... You had the expansion for it?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that I gave you for the holidays.
1: Yeah, I think that's supposed to be kind of like GM-like DM-less D&D or what have you. Oh, cool. I can't wait to check that out. So we'll have to check that out sometime and see. see. I think that one's going to lean a lot more towards like a Mm choose-your-own-adventure, but you have hit points, Mm -hmm. so maybe more like the fantasy... Fighting fantasy books.
0: Well, you remember I bought that one little off like uh, drive through or the, where it was or somewhere like smaller softbound RPG that you can play solo. And I was really talking to the guy because I thought he was from Coppell, Texas, but it turns out he's from Coppell. North Dakota or something like that because I thought he's a local boy and the guy goes I appreciate the shout out but you, I'm not in Coppell, Texas but what I liked was he did out a, he did a series of adventures that are pretty decent but the cool thing about him was if you use his little role-playing rules you you can you don't have to have other like the there are tables that can generate the outcome of what happens and so you don't have to have a referee so I'm often thought about yeah you could probably use that and play with multiple people you know but anyway it's not going to be as probably robust as experience if you had a live actual ref. You know. Oh yeah, master. of course. But there's something to be said for everybody getting to play. But
1: know? soon, one D and D will have the GM AI built in, so you won't even need anybody to play the GM anymore.
0: I am Wookbot one oh one. <laughs> anyway, we'll see.
1: How much virtue would you like for that role?
2: <laughs>
1: we'll see. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. yeah. But that's another reason, going back to the OGL, that they're going to have a hard time with that because GMs and DMs are the ones that make a lot of the buying decisions. Mm-hmm. And they're usually the ones that are further into the hobby and the more knowledgeable about it and more likely to use third party stuff and say, screw you, buddy. Yeah. So, okay. So now to finally get to the topic at about we're an hour not, in. So we're, we're not going to pause. I don't think that's. Oh, do you want me to pause for the cause? Yeah, why not? Okay. Pause for the cause. And we're back. We're back. So this little break, we have a little bit more news for you. This stream that we were watching was apparently based off of that. Watsi usually has a stream Thursdays at 3 Eastern. So nothing came of that. It was a big waste of our time. Yeah. You wanted to add something about
0: the server, the D&D's Beyond subscriptions, though, I think? What they were saying on that thing while you were using the head was uh, that basically... Uh, they were saying that, yeah, uh, there were so many people canceling their D&D beyond accounts, it, it crashed their server. Like me. Yeah, yeah, you canceled, and I, I think Adrian said she was going to cancel hers, so yeah. But the conspiracy theory is. Well, like I said, probably they just took it down. It didn't crash because people were. Yeah, stop them from canceling.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, while I was enjoying that uh, bathroom break, mm-hmm. Goodman Games has an official response. Oh, they do. Which, of course, like I said, don't worry about it. Yeah. So here's what they had to say. We have re- reviewed the possible changes and determined that they will not impact our line of role-playing games, including DCC, MCC, x and related products. 5e Fantasy, uh, Ad- Original Adventures Reincarnated 7, and eight, and any related products, and our other lines. Fans, don't worry. We'll think it will be. We think it will all be just fine.
2: Oh, Good. good so that's
1: good. where I was at. Yeah. I'll worry when he tells me to worry.
0: Oh, well, good. Then I full steam but ahead.
1: I am impressed that they're like even the fifth edition line won't be impacted. Wow. So I don't well, know if they well, know anything that, well, that we. Was,
0: Well, okay, it's one thing if you decide to put out something without talking to D&D first and you just plastered a little OGL, you know, page in your book. But in these instances, those 5th edition adventures reincarnated are definitely those OS, what are those called, the OSR line or whatever? The The ones
1: original adventures reimagined. Yeah, OR. or, Yeah,
0: all those ores were done under the auspices through an agreement directly with, you know, WOTC. So it's not like just something they did and put the OGL on it. They... It was made under an agreement, so yeah, I mean, that should cover them in that regard, I would think.
1: Which, if I didn't brag on myself enough, by the way, if I didn't mention it, which I'm sure I did, but a Carnage and Casino will be in the next bundle thing that they put out.
0: Good deal. I see. I, was, I kept looking for it in this bundle. I'm not like, a humble bundle, but something different. Oh, cool, but that's great.
1: So that I get the money and not charity. <laughs> Screw charity. <laughs> Whatever. Y'all know we love charities. And speaking of, one more thing that that we uh, almost passed by mm-hmm. barbecue ch- talk. Oh my. Yeah. We, Did had, we want to do this one. Yeah, just a quick shot. They out. were lovely people.
0: Yeah, they were really nice people. We went to the, Harrison. <laughs> okay, enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we went to the Harrison culinary company over in Liberty city and, uh, we had some barbecue with them
1: and we got to speak for dragon's nest.
0: Yeah, it was kind of funny. Do you guys, you know, work for them? No, but we speak for them. I was wearing my dragon's nest, uh, Hipster cap, you know. A beanie. Beanie. But anyway, yeah. That re, but they were very nice folks. Absolutely. Okay. Um, oh, here's one more since
1: I can think of things while we took that little break. Mm-hmm. We will soon be leaving SoundCloud. We've moved on to wow. Podbean. Something oh, like cool. that. You'll get the official.
0: I had looked at Podbean a long time ago, and I thought I don't know if I'd mentioned it, but I'd looked at it. But yeah.
1: So everything is there now. We should be able wow. to cut ties with SoundCloud. Oh wow! So yeah, cool. Thanks and goodbye. Yeah. And I've uploaded some of the more recent episodes
0: to YouTube now. If you're checking yeah. those out. Yeah, we're on. So we're on iTunes, and we're on. It sounds like Podbean, and we're on YouTube. Oh, and Amazon. And Amazon, because yeah. that's
1: one of the. You're like if you tie your RSS feed in. Mm -hmm. then you'll be here there and everywhere so we should be a lot more here there and everywhere now that we're rapidly approaching episode 100
0: do we have anything to tell Larry nope okay good
1: he's only here for the barbecue talk that's right so we gave him the barbecue talk yeah that
0: was was for you Larry
1: especially specifically exactly but yeah now that you mention it we did have one more uh, viewer or listener question oh my from Jonathan out in California ah Thanks, so John. you haven't been uh, hit with this question already. You have no foreknowledge. You haven't had any time to think of it. None. What are your favorite alternative history games slash modules? Or what alternative history game slash module would you like to see? And while you think about it, I will take the best answer mm-hmm. and say Weird Frontiers. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that is an alternate Old West. Yeah, yeah. And I think... In the historical thing, yeah, that is one of the things. I mean, we're doing medieval knights all the time. Mm-hmm. So to get away from that, then I mm-hmm. would say maybe the next thing would be Wild West. Yeah. So Weird Frontiers, oh, it's back in stock yeah, yeah, yeah. as we speak, mm-hmm. but not for long. And yeah. this is the last chance you get at the one volume. Yeah. Next time it'll be two. Two,
0: two large books, but not quite as large. Well that's cool. Talking about uh I know that I've you know in recent time become quite fond of Savage Worlds as a system and they have their Weird War Two, where on top of Nazis you might find like fight vampires or werewolves or zombie Nazis or whatever. That intrigues me. I haven't played it yet, but that intrigues me and I've thought about possibly purchasing the, the books for that to check that out. I think it just kinda of neat like you know, you're you're Nazis are streaming towards your gun nest and you're mowing them down and you know about that time one of them all of a sudden doubles over and then jumps back up and he's a werewolf and you're gosh (laughs) yeah I mean that would be kind of interesting sounds kind of hellboy-esque yeah 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 and I love hellboy so all right
1: okay now that we have broken the one hour mark and taken a break yeah we can uh charge back into it with what the actual topic is today I let them have it, Eddie. Which I don't know what the exact name of this, but d or d fucks up all the time. Yeah. They absolutely. have a history of fucking up. They have mm. a history of outraging their fans. Yeah, yeah. And, and just missteps. Being and out for the for the money. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what have you got, and maybe mine's
0: earlier or not, but. And, and I think some of my stuff might veer off from, from what you're saying, but, yeah, it's like I know that one of the, older things you can go back to you're talking about as a company just doing something really dumb, the Palace of the Silver Princess. Well, before that, I would go say
1: yeah. Gary screwing over Arnson.
0: Oh absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. No, I mean we've talked about that before, but yeah, I mean, you know, and it's why I feel bad for what happened to to Gary and, and his ouster. But at the same time, when you look at all the bi- biographies I've read I feel like it was a little karmic, maybe, because Arneson got a really raw deal, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and this is not the slam Gary Gygax thing.
0: So much admiration for him creating this and, and bringing what he did for the hobby. I mean, I, I seriously. I and didn't. I think
1: that was one of those things, As he got older and wiser. Mm-hmm. He even realized, you know, hey, I did some screwed up stuff back then. Yeah. But he so. went
0: Hollywood and he was out, you know, in California doing...
1: All right, wait for it. Oh, sorry. Wait for it. Yeah. Okay, so you, you've got the very foundations of D&D. Yeah. When you have uh, McGarry and Aronson and all those guys, and there was a lot of... I'm trying to think what the other guy, besides McGarry, I want to say Carr, but that's probably not it. Maybe. But where they were doing their board games mm-hmm. and not getting paid by TSR. Yeah. Because... TSR, being Gary Gygax at the time, was screwing with their royalties and the way they were going to get paid. Yeah. And uh, in 1979, Advanced D&D was primarily to eliminate Arnson's royalties.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the anecdote that per- perhaps reveals the greatest height of warfare between Arnson and TSR is at Origins. Four in 1978, D&D received a few awards, which TSR dutifully claimed. But when the award for all time best role playing game was announced, Arnson raced to the podium and grabbed the plaque. Mm -hmm. No one made a fuss about it. People cheered because already by 1978, they'd had enough of TSR and Gary Gygax's fuckery.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so even then, back then, greed was. And that's a shame. It was built off of greed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see. His argument was
1: that. Individuals should be recognized, not publishing companies, an argument that today is still felt strongly by many designers as publishers continue to remain in the driver's seat for the entire role-playing field other than small press categories such as indies and OSR publishers. Mm-hmm. But the publisher is the one that has all the power, but mm-hmm. the writer is the one making this big creative thing, and yeah. they kind of get screwed over. Yeah,
0: you, you're the creative. You're the one that created this. Yeah, well, you never got it to market. No one never ever known about it if it wasn't for me, the publisher, you know.
1: Historically, uh, TSR, Gary Gygax had a war with Gamma, Mm -hmm. which was all the small publishers banding together to Mm -hmm. protect themselves from all the TSR cease and desist letters. And Mm -hmm. uh, your game has a D20 in it. That's us. That's ours. That's everything, you know, ever with that is ours. Yeah. Uh, And Origins. He was at war with Origins.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um,
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Did you want to hit yours? Maybe that's where it falls into the timeline here. Yeah,
0: but it's like the Palace of the Silver Princess. It was recalled on the same day it was released. Gene Wells wrote the original orange version. Yeah, Tom Moldovey rewrote it, the green cover. Characters of at-the-time employees were done by Errol Otis. And some in and, and not flattering, and other art was described as overtly sexual. But it's like, no one, she like, there's very little oversight on this, and it got all the way to being published. And then the day it came out, it's like, holy crap, what did you do? You know, see, you, you're doing
1: a misstep, yeah. or as I'm doing blatantly, like this company was founded on,
2: yeah,
0: and and greed, and I, yeah, which I, I do segue into that, but I just figured overall, just. That was one. No, of that's things. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still an interesting topic on their part. I mean, as a company, that this module went all the way through editing and and, and the artwork, and then to, be, to hit the street and to literally be recalled the same day, and piles of them were burnt in a landfill or whatever. But anyway, it just shows you that TSR and these gaming companies, with well, them as a company, they've made a number of blunders and errors. Carry on.
1: Yeah, and it's again, when this was all wargaming rules, mm-hmm. and there was no money in it, and it was mm-hmm. for the love of the hobby and for the love of the game. Then these things could be trusted, and it all it mm-hmm. came out of that. Everybody yeah, yeah. was sharing ideas, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I took your rule set and turned it into this." Yeah. Oh, well, I turned that rule set into that. Yeah. So Gygax
0: loved gaming, and he loved games. Unfortunately, when he started making money at it, he got kind of greedy. Like I said, he went to California and was doing coke off hookers' butts and all that stuff, or whatever. I was going to mention next was TSR's ousting of Gygax. Oh. Unless before then. A Go little ahead. bit
1: more you've got that they thought the money train would never end. Yeah. That they just thought that the big first edition that was going to roll on forever and they would mm-hmm. never ever again need any money that, mm-hmm. you know, sunny days are here. It's never going to rain again. Yeah. And that's where they kind of screwed up on that. Yeah. Because that led to massive overprinting. Mm-hmm. Everything It was like, oh, every one of these will be a million seller. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up with so much of that stuff yeah. in the warehouse.
0: Yeah. So yeah, like I said, TSR's ousting of Gygax, albeit not the worst idea because he was mismanaging some things and he went out to Hollywood and all this stuff. He wasn't a businessman. Yeah. Entrusting it to the deals. Which is that Lorraine.
1: Now, why did they have to be brought in? Because the money train ended and Mm -hmm. they were overprinting all this stuff. So they needed money to just get the basic books back out. Mm-hmm. They need, and so, get money in. So, so yeah, here came go back to Williams
0: you. with that Buck Rogers money or whatever. And then what she took over, to about overprinting stuff, they doubled down. They decided she was adamant they had to do use that IP from her family to do a Buck Rogers uh, role playing game. Nobody in the '80s or '90s wanted to play. They're like, who or what is Buck Rogers? I mean, that's a concept from Beedy BD Yeah, the serials and you know cartoons from what was that? The, 30s or 40s or something. Anyway. Which is
1: funny, though, because it's like, now that I'm the head of this company, we're going to heavily invest in this uh, story, this character, this IP that my family owns. Yeah. So mm, let me negotiate both sides. I think we should pay $10 million for this. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'll accept $10 million. Thank and, you very much. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, Lorraine Williams had, she knew nothing about D&D as a game, the concept, role-playing, or any of that. and. It's good to have someone in there that knows how to run a business because Gygax knew games, but maybe didn't really know how to run a business. He ran hand, his business like a game. Yeah. And Lorraine, unfortunately, you know, didn't know anything about role-playing games. Talking about what so when, what he said, there were way too many settings in the 90s. In 1992 alone, there was Greyhawk, Dragonlance, Forgotten Realms, Alcadim, Dark Sun, Spelljammer, Ravenloft, Hollow World, and Thunder Rift. What about Birthright? And wasn't there the one where you played as dragons? I just fixed the mention. Council of the Worms came out yep, in ninety four, and ding. then Birthright in nineteen ninety five. So within the span of you know a handful of years, you had way too many settings and stuff. And you'd figure, well, that'll expand D anD D. No, you're just bisecting. Like there's still going to x number of fans. You're yeah, just, you're bisecting into. Well, we're Birthrighters. Well, we're Alcademers. Yeah, like I
1: family. was a Ravenloft guy. Yeah, so I didn't buy anything Forgotten Realms except. Some of the novels. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the final days of TSR coincided with the early days of the internet. Okay. This was when the company's reputation tanked hard. One nickname the company got at this time was TSR. They sue regularly because at the time TSR was ridiculously litigious.
1: Yeah, and maybe not cutting you off on this one, but at the early days of the internet, when you would see TSR typed out, Uh it was T- dollar sign r R. and -hmm. that wasn't for the cute little dragon to be wrapped around in that that was because of the greedy reputation that tsr had exactly go ahead
0: so that's what eddie's saying if you're really paying attention this is nothing new this cycle has played out over and over and over when i
1: put this up on the facebook Mm -hmm. the little picture that i want to use is Mm -hmm. the one from buster scruggs Mm -hmm. where the guy's being hung Mm -hmm. and he's like first time yeah it's like hey you guys that got into this at 5th edition, uh-huh. welcome to the party. We got the lube for you.
0: Yeah. So uh, the, uh, they, they sued fans fans yeah. for, for publishing their content online. Most of these cases were dismissed because it was some fan crap or whatever. Most of these cases, like I said, but they, the, the ill will grew and sales went deep into the red. Okay. And then what did that set up for? Here come Watsy. Oh, okay. <laughs> now ahead, let wait. me
1: jump in here. Jump in, yeah. In all the brilliant, brilliant ideas that TSR had uh-huh. around this time, and maybe just a smidge earlier, what got popular? Magic the Gathering. Uh-huh. So, what did? The brilliant TSR dude.
0: They came out with their card game. Spellfire. Spellfire. And they just rehashed old artwork they'd had for years mm-hmm. until it was a really crappy card game. Mm-hmm. And they spent a fortune on these cards and they made tons of them. It tanked. Then they did their dice game. And, and that's the, the other thing I was going to say. Game tanked. Because you know, I think remember. they did those about the same time. same time. They were like,
1: boy, if they like cards, they'll love dice. Yeah,
0: instead of waiting to see if one of the other works. And like I said, at this time, remember, they had, you know, let's do Academia and let's do, you know, Dark Sun. and you know, Collectible
1: whatever. dice game.
0: Yeah, it's collectible dice. Because I love how the first time I even heard of it, I was, and I was a D&D guy. And I was a little bit of a fanboy, but even I was like, a dice game? You know, did you that.
1: ever see anybody playing Spellfire?
0: No, and I had a few. I bought a deck for me and Gary, I think. We tried to play it one time. We were like, this is lame. It was poopy. Um,
1: I actually bought a couple of decks the other day because they showed up at my friendly local video game shop, Games to Go. uh And I just got them. I think they were like four bucks a piece or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, on a total goof. And I was like, at some point we should play this Uh just... You know, to see how it was, and go like, ha 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 ha. It was these really, idiots. It
0: was, it was like almost. I seem in my memory, it was like playing war, which you can do with a deck of cards. You just got some cool artwork on the cards. It's like, but they
1: heavily, heavily invested oh, in that, yeah. and they were gonna. That was their like, they we're, we're gonna screw over watsy yeah. and we'll take Magic: The Gathering away from them.
0: And this is where they can kick themselves in the ass. Oh, uh, Richard Garrett had came to them first. Wotsey was like the third fourth fifth company they went to they went to steve jackson games they went to tsr tsr could have saved the company
1: there's so many of those though where it's like if
0: tsr had jumped on this yeah but so, so Watsi steps in because the, the company's floundering. He's able to buy it. Oh, David Atkinson, Atchison, whatever his name is, the, the Watsy guy, he bought up, you know, TSR and people were like, yay, he's a gamer and he's going to save the day. And here came the third edition of uh, D&D.
1: Well, yeah. And then let me go back one go to ahead, say sure. that second edition, first mm-hmm. edition advanced was mm-hmm. to cut out Arnson. Yeah. Second edition advanced With was to, to cut, cut out Gygax. Gygax. So, yeah, I mean, here, yeah. there's a record of
0: it already because we're about to hit third edition. edition of screwing this one over, screwing that one over, money gaps, crash gaps, greed. And if you pay attention, greed is is a common denominator. So
1: you were there in the switch. Well, you were probably there from the switch to one to two. Oh, yeah. I've been here. But was there, the was there anything? Was there, was there like, Rah, we're not going to switch to two. That was no, kind of this
0: is before meh. the internet where you didn't even kind of know to be outraged about something. some of the stuff wasn't common knowledge,
1: but to go from two to three. We'll get there. Yeah. Go ahead with what you got.
0: So I can crap on 3rd edition all day, but one of the things that chapped people's asses early was releasing 3.5 D&D just three years after 3rd edition arrived. So people like me... What was Rena, the
1: justification for
0: 3.5? That they had apparently didn't test it enough, and once it got out in the They wild, needed to fix 3. They needed to fix some things from 3. And so to... So I remember I bought like the players the the three core books you're always going to buy players handbook monster manual DMG to buy them again three and a half years later initially I was like kiss my you know what but then eventually I succumb and I did buy them so I mean for a lot of people you bought the three core books back to back in the span of three years that kind of aggravates some people okay you
1: know? with WotC taking it over mm-hmm. with WotC being a smaller company that just kind of exploded with Magic money uh-huh. would you say that at least at third edition that Watsi was still in it for the love of the game.
0: So initially I do feel like, yeah, you know, uh, uh at, I can't remember if it's Atkinson, Atchison, whatever, you know, I'm talking about David, what's the name that owned Watsi. I think he really did have a lot of nostalgia for D and D played it as a kid. He saw the company's fine. I don't think it was like, you know, he wanted to save this game. He wanted to, cause there
1: probably you know, was no thought that this is ever going to bounce back and be a billion seller again. It's probably exactly. like, this was a fad. Uh-huh. but I want to keep it alive. If I
0: make enough money with magic, I can take on this passion project with D&D. So, um So, and like, so at
1: 3rd edition and 3.5, okay, people were a little chapped. Wotzi um, did a lot of things for the players.
0: Oh yeah, well they brought back Greyhawk. Because, see, see I started moved away from Greyhawk because they were trying to cut out Gary and alienate him and disenfranchise him. And anything that he did or was really uh, tied to him, they wanted to poop on it. Mm-hmm. So we're really a lot of the old diehards like me, when we saw that we're embracing Greyhawk as our core world or whatever, when they first brought it back, I was like, yes, because that's where I started was in Greyhawk.
1: And the creation of Greyhawk and having somebody that would read those adventures and give them quality control. So there was some passion from WotC there at the beginning.
0: And they had living Greyhawk, which at the end of the day, it does promote their game. But really if you, that's why I think when later on when Hasbro was in charge and 4th edition came out and, and after that, they did away with living Greyhawk because ultimately The people they had on staff and and the overseeing of that didn't generate enough cash in their mind to make it worthwhile. But Living Greyhawk was brilliant, and it was Mm -hmm. awesome. But that was more about for the players, and it still was a good thing for the company. It did promote more people. I won't lie. I would probably never – I really wasn't crazy about 3.5, but Living Greyhawk, which I love and have all these fond memories for – that's what, I came into it for that and stayed with it for that reason. But anyway, um, but you see, of course, they got away from it because it's all about money. Um, but here's where it got bad. And I don't know if Hasbro was involved by this point. I don't think they were. But as time marched on and the game did better and better and started making more and more money, still, WotC's a business. It had people that that wanted to see money generated. And this might be, I don't know if, if, if they'd sold it by this point, but... Later on in in the latter years, I noticed of like the 3.5 years, there was a new book that came out every month. Yep. Every month. Now, you have to ask yourself, with that kind of a timeline, how much time do you have for quality? Right. Okay. Did you do this much homework? Do you know how many
1: splat books there were?
0: I don't know the exact number, but I want to hear this. Yeah.
1: The number of official books, this is
0: not third-party books, Uh 72. Think about that. The, 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 it came out in 2001 and it went away in 2008, I think was when fourth edition came out In the span of seven years you put out, you know, and that's only I probably count the core, three core books. It is. Oh, it is. It's
1: but, not just, I guess the splat books, but it's the three core books and the three core books. Yeah. And uh, then, then what did you get?
0: Player's handbook. Two and three? There was a Player's Handbook two and three, a DMG two. There was Monster Mania one and two. There was Book of Vile Darkness, da, 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 da. And don't get me wrong. Kind of like I'll say again with fifth edition. Initially, I was impressed with the core game. I don't say I don't hate the game dynamics. And again, Xanathar's, that's a quality product, cover to cover. I was really impressed with that. But then like the three books have come out in the last year, total crap. And that's because they were set on some sort of a timeline. They got some lowest common denominator people to write this stuff, whatever.
1: But it seems like even a lot of the biggest hardcore fans have been like those books stink.
0: And I'll tell you, there were guys I knew God bless old uh, George and old Aaron, but they would, they bought everything that came out for third edition there. They had like bookshelves that were bowed under these. Well, the good thing was
1: the good thing was when 3.5 came out, there was never, ever, ever going to be another edition And you'd never have to buy anything different.
0: That was their thought process. And when they heard about 4th Edition, those guys nearly had seizures. I mean, they had meltdowns on the internet because they were like... You know, you betrayed my trust, Watsy. I bought this encyclopedia. like as, like as a kid. If you don't have to remember, your family having that set of encyclopedias. That's what it was like having all these books. If you bought them, me, I'm an old dog. I bought the three core books, and there were one or two other standouts that I thought, you know, that's worth buying. Did you have Vile Darkness? Uh, I think I did, and I had the horror book. The horror book was pretty good, but anyway, Watsys third edition vomited out a new book each month. That many books that fast. Come on, that was a cash grab. And the rush content was crap. This was TSR at the at the end all over again. You're just mm-hmm. pumping out these books, but it was trying to make themselves profitable. Hasbro comes in.
1: Well, I which I get as a publisher, mm-hmm. you've got to publish new stuff. Yeah. I get it. But you can make it quality content. At fifth edition, when fifth edition kicked off, I think they had a lot of self-control on that. Mm-hmm. They paced it pretty well. Like mm-hmm. here's what one or two books a year. Yeah. I noticed Yeah, they, they eked
0: them out and I thought that, I thought that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like, where's that next book? I have to buy some D and D product. Well, there was third party stuff that was really good.
1: But yeah, third, 3.5 going into four it's probably the biggest outrage because the internet was in swing by that time. Mm-hmm. And that's when you think of like big controversies in D&D. Uh, you got Gary getting ousted from the company mm-hmm. and probably even bigger than that because of the internet is 3.5 goes into four. And guess what? All your books are worthless now. The rise of Pathfinder.
0: And that's what I mentioned. The much maligned fourth edition, it homogenized the classes and made the game more like a computer game. People hated it. And there was a mass exodus to Pathfinder. People want classes to feel unique. And we played fourth edition and it's not, utterly terrible we, we played it for almost it's really
1: so. not dnd either. it's
0: not yes yeah, not really D and i will say of the various editions i played i mean there were a few little takeaways that i enjoyed but overall if we'd run that campaign in first second edition i'd have been just as happy or probably happier
1: and just for us personally when we were playing fourth and then we went back to pathfinder mm-hmm. everybody was like hallelujah this is the best game ever we it's so much more fun now which is yeah. crazy in a way yeah, when you think yeah. about it now.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that's one of those things where your Pathfinder was hilariously enough there were a couple of niggling things about 3.5 that the player base complained about constantly constantly and they never budged on it. And the second Pathfinder took over, they, they put up some forums and people said, you need to change power attack and you need to change, you know, these couple of things went, Oh, okay. And they came up with a way that was very elegant and worked a lot better. And you're thinking, why didn't Watsi ever budge on that? And again,
1: Piazo takes over D and D in a way there with yeah. Pathfinder yeah. and it becomes another labor of love because of the OGL,
0: you know? And so anyway, 4th edition tanked. uh,
1: But in 4th edition, mm -hmm. boy, it seemed like we got stuff from uh, Watsy all the time. Like, here's some free adventures. Here's some free posters. Here's some free uh, bookmarks. Mm -hmm. Free, free, Mm -hmm. free.
0: Please, somebody come play this game. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a mass exodus, and Pathfinder was the triumphant role-playing game for a minute there. And which blew everyone's mind, because we're like, what could you imagine a time when... D&D wasn't the number one role-playing game in the world. Or to
1: go to like the uh, console video game analogies and be like when PlayStation kicked Nintendo's ass and it's like, wait, what? what? Yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, so anything in this time frame that you'd want to so reference?
1: F- to go back to fourth edition where sure. it was like, please come play our game. We'll give mm-hmm. you this and that. And here's all these little events that we're doing. And
0: little freebies and things, yeah. Then you get to fifth edition. Mm-hmm. And they're back on top. And then, boy, when we reached out like other companies, when we said, hey, we'd love some prize support. We promote your game and and whatever. And they'll go, yeah, we'd be glad to send you this or send you that or whatever. We got an automated robo letter, basically, in a very, very nice way saying, screw off. Yeah. yeah. We have nothing for you. We're on top, punks. We don't need you.
1: And they really half half-hearted did Adventures League. And look where that's been left to die now. Yeah. As much as you people out there may have loved Adventures League at some point in time and as mm-hmm. useful as it was to the club. And
0: we played the crap out
1: of it, yeah. Look at it now. Look how it languishes because nobody cares. It doesn't bring in money for them. Mm-hmm. It might bring in money for conventions because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I want to go play this big epic. Mm-hmm. But because it doesn't put any money in Watsi's pocket, mm-hmm. they don't care. Yeah. And now that 5th edition is riding high, Mm-hmm. they don't care where they're like, oh, let's send out some modules to the stores. Let's send out posters and all this stuff like we did before. Yeah, those, I nope. remember
0: when 5th came out, I had a cool little folder that had like, well, I'm of this faction, so look at my cool folder. And ooh, I get a little standee for my character with my faction symbol for it. New, I get a player sheet with all this little cool stuff on it. They gave you all that stuff beginning of 5th edition. You haven't seen that stuff since back when they yes. were trying to get people to play 5th edition. Yep,
1: once it started to take off, it was like, Thanks. We don't need to do anything anymore. Well,
0: yeah, and this was good for them, but it was also good for the game stores that would host it. Again, they're they're not doing. They don't care about. The, and this is what aggravates me is they don't care about the game stores that help build their game, because you know it's like it's just how terrible that like you wouldn't be where you're at right now if it wasn't for the game stores. So if you turn your back on them, like this is so callous. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, how do you like the one that was located right next to them in Seattle, the Magic: The Gathering shop? Mm-hmm. that they pretty much shut down and put out of business. The guy's like, I see the writing on the wall where this is going. We're done. So you had people that worked at Watsi that that was their friendly local game store, and they killed it. The corporation killed it. Wow.
0: So, you know, we won't beat that dead horse, but I'm not overly enthused with a lot of things that Watsi's done as a company in the last couple of years. But then this is Hasbro, which is their parent. And I'll say this. Like, we've met Kirk Gould at – Uh, north texas he works in some capacity for watsy super nice guy never been anything but very likable affable i don't want people to go after people that work for them or poop on them they're good people and they have no control over this this
1: is well apparently there's been a leak come out just recently too from someone at Mm watsy that is saying like this is all corporate decisions us people that are in the field and the creative types Mm -hmm. have nothing to do with this and we agree with you but You know, if they said something like that publicly, they'd be like, okay, now you're fired.
2: Yeah,
0: because and c- case in point, if you don't think that's the case, if you remember about two or three podcasts back, I had mentioned there was the guy that was over d and D. I can't think of his name right now. And he was there when they announced one D&D with a big smile on his face. And then a week later, you were like, what happened to that guy? He's gone. Yeah, they, the word in the street is, if you can believe it, he stood up and spoke up in some shareholders meeting. And when they talked about, yeah, we're going to do away with the OGL. And he said, you should not do it. It's a bad idea. So they fired him. That's well, what. it amuses me now
1: that they've got another Williams
0: at the helm. Yeah. And what's funny is the new woman that, that came from Microsoft, which her forte is microtransactions, she has, again, she admits she knows nothing about D&D, but and, she's in charge of d and D. I'm not mad at her. Yeah, I'm just She's
1: kidding. there to make money, mm-hmm. and that's what she's going to do. So it's, it's not like she chose this, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ruin D&D game. for you. Yeah,
0: blame the people at Hasbro, yeah. But let's look at the stuff that's been released in the last year. Spelljammer released last year, crap. A lot of the latest content is bad, like Strixhaven, all that stuff, just crap. And it seems rushed, and if history repeats itself, you know, now Hasbro's, you know, this is Hasbro's greed, and then we have, of course, the new OGL. You know, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, and you, it's funny, you that was the content of yours, and at the end of mine, I see a pattern. TSR, no. WotC. And now, you know, Hasbro, Watsi, 5e, big companies are only concerned with profit. No, But how to make money selling a product that encourages people to use their imagination. As a kid growing up, those books weren't that expensive, but I was a poor boy from the country. I didn't own a lot of the old school cool modules. I've got to play them in more recent years and I've loved to finally get to play the Tower of Inverness. And people go, what? That module's been around for 50, you know, 40 years. I never got to play it, but I mean, as a kid, there weren't that many stores that carried the product, didn't have the money, but what was great was I learned to write my own campaign, write my own adventures, you know? And so definitely if they put all this stuff on a computer, well, then it's different. You know what I mean? I don't know. But we talked about the whole micro transactions, VTTs. They're going to charge you for a new hairdo for your character, a different build, the cool new weapon with particle effects or whatever on the virtual tabletop. It's going to be all these. And there are kids that do this stuff all day long in video games. They'll probably segue right over and go, and they'll just pay away or whatever. And, I mean, if that's what they want and they're happy, knock yourself out. You know, but This is where things are going to divert. There's a fork in the road. You're going to go virtual, and you're going to do microtransactions, or you're going to uh, embrace more traditional, you know, gaming. You know. So anyway, but yeah, it's just one misstep after another. But the common thread through it all is greed.
2: Yeah, you know? and
0: yeah.
1: they do this crap every five, 10 years. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> this may be one of the biggest screws up. Oh yeah. But if you've been paying attention, mm-hmm. they've been doing stuff to piss off the fan base for their entire existence. So
0: I want you to understand something, even if you're ever going, well, I just hope someone comes in that appreciates the, you know, D and D and buys it up. Yeah, And then because it's still, they're going to be a company wanting to make a buck. Greed's going to rear its ugly head. And if it does start doing well again, we're going to go back another cycle. This best bet is though, to everybody run over to Savage Worlds, make
1: it the number one role-playing game <laughs> so well, that Shane they'll become Hensley a massive become corporation. Or whatever.
0: Shane Hensley is one of the nicest people you, you'll ever meet. But what I was getting at is, yeah, definitely I would say support these smaller companies that pop, don't have shareholders or whatever. Like, I think Shane Hensley owns a company, and I don't think he's got shareholders or something. So he has, he's not beholden to anyone. Or another example... Goodman to, Games. Goodman Games, which we love. Joe Goodman or whatever. And I don't think there's shareholders there either. So again... You know, time to try something different. Try something new, you know. And I wouldn't even tell you to go back to go. You can try Ozark or one of these old school retro clones. But my concern is we're worried about the local game store. We love the local game store and we want you to keep it going. So you got to support a product that they sell, that sell, that they sell at this store. And you got to buy it from them. Or if not, buy something there. Like anytime you walk in the door, buy a miniature, buy some dice. If they have food, buy a burger. If they got Japanese plushies and Japanese candy, buy some of that. Buy get some Pokemon cards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Heck yeah. Get a crippling addiction to cardboard like me. But that's where I would say quit feeding the beast. Don't buy anything that's Watsy Hasbro, please. And definitely uh, support your local friendly local game store. You know, and be willing to try something different or new. Yeah, and this is a cycle.
1: It mm-hmm. might be well, okay, I'm not gonna buy any sixth edition, but when seven comes around and they're like, "We learned our lesson, please forgive us," okay, okay, I'll get, in, I'll get into seventh edition.
0: But then that eighth edition, boy, they just sold out again. Yeah, it's a cycle. For what it's worth, slap me on the hand, but I had, was very adamant. I was not foot, No, I would not go to fifth. And brother Gary showed up my door with the book and put it in my hand and was like, "Come on,
2: man."
1: And we and had talked about that the other day, and I was like, "Well, you know, I was pushed into fifth edition." Oh, I know. And he's like, "What?" I was like yeah by yeah. you and Matt yeah. so and but, Gary got you and you yeah. and
0: Gary got Cause, me. Because I'll say I was running Castles and Crusades we were having a ton of fun it was a great a fantastic time. It can't be bad because TJ ran out and bought the books and TJ God bless him I'm so sorry he was so pissed off he just bought the books and here we come with 5th edition but I'm telling you Gary's been a friend for a long time and he kind of if anybody can kind of finagle me you know and uh, but no I was adamant I was not going to 5th edition and you know, because I had helped play test it. We did D and D next. That they'd given me the, the, the beta material to run, and I ran it and was like, man, you know, I'm not buying another set of books from these guys. You know, I was like, and you know, thing if we'd stuck with Castle and Crusades, there's newer, nicer books have come out, but it's still essentially the same game. We could still be cru- cruising along with that. You know, but anyway, and it's a game that I love. There are some great guys out of Arkansas or so not far away. Good old country boys, you know, Arkansas. And they actually worked with Gygax very closely mm-hmm. towards the end of his life. Great bunch of guys. That's a game that I, and you could go buy that at a store or whatever, so it's not a dead game. That They use the Siege engine, so they're not worried about the OGL. So we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, check out some different games, man. You know, DCC, uh, Castles and Crusades, um, Savage Worlds, whatever, you know. But if this is
1: if this is your first time to go through a d and d controversy, yeah, we've been there. We've yeah. survived it before. And we will roll on.
0: Yeah, we were laughing at basically. Cody came in during the five e era, and pretty soon, if they go to a new version of the game, he'll be that old grognard going, Foop, "No, I won't go fifth edition." Yeah, I was there at and I've first seen and a
1: lot edition. of people that came in at fifth yeah. that I'm like, I don't want to say like fairweather fans because that's not exactly it, but more like loyalist diehards, which mm-hmm. I think we probably all start off as. Yeah. And it's like, whatever they do, they can't do anything wrong. And I've seen them already yeah. say, I'm not going, I'm not moving up to the next one. And I was like, damn, I thought you'd be the
0: first one in line. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I'm tickled cause there's, there's always going to be some sycophantry, but, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be mean about this, but I, <sighs> I hate what's happening to the third-party publishers and what how this is going to impact their, them. They're going to have to let people go, maybe, your companies might fold. I hate that, but I'm not upset about a move away from Fifth Edition. There are other games that are just as good or better. If people, if, if this is what it takes to get them to freaking finally try it, so be it. You know, or keep playing Fifth because again, it's going to be a dead game soon. But I know? have often said that this RPG bubble has to pop and I was going I thought about that this morning. I was like this guy's been saying for years this bubble's got to pop at some point. So How maybe ironic they pop it themselves. Yeah.
1: Well, it's it's not news. Look at 3.5. Well, yeah. Well, they rushed in there.
0: Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. And just to outrage people, if you had those 70 books or whatever, yeah, I mean, they, they
0: cut their own throat.
1: And people were like
0: I will not go to fourth edition and here comes
1: 3.5. But if it wasn't for the OGL, there wouldn't have been a Pathfinder. So how much of the bubble does this pop? How
0: much of a decline in RPGs do we see that this mm-hmm. whole fad is gone? Yeah. And you're about to see a glut of new role-playing systems. How interested are you in like uh cobalt press is talking about their black flag is the code name for their role-playing system. I think Piazzo's uh, Pazo, whatever has already announced. They're going to come out with something that's their own rule. So there's going to suddenly be, you know, who, who are you wanting to back? Which one are you most excited about? Would, are you willing to try some, are you, no, I'll keep playing fifth. I'd be curious to
1: know. Let us know. Well, it's very interesting how Paizo uh, benefited from the 3.5 misstep. Mm-hmm. So is this where fifth edition is going to hand them back the ball and go yeah. like, Hey, Pathfinder two, take off because yeah. Pathfinder two has just been
0: languishing. It's oh. dead on arrival. But yeah, it's because, th- what, okay, let's say this. There are people that weren't were old schoolers that were first and second edition game players that never left. They saw 3.5 and went, ugh, no, it's way too complicated, way too much math. You're, you're, you're moving away from the story elements and all this crunchy stuff. No. Fourth edition came out, and they're like, ugh, this is like a video game. There were grognards that had never budged from first second edition that when fifth edition came out, they said, this feels more like home. Because fifth edition, initially when it came out, was definitely less complicated than 3.5. It wasn't, fourth edition was just, No. So you, that's what like North, North Texas, I was kind of surprised when they went, yeah, we're going to allow fifth edition at our con because it's definitely a new school game, but it's got a certain feel that's a little old school. And so that's where fit, path, fit, uh, Pathfinder Two e I I think they were like, well, we want the people that love crunch. So if you like Pathfinder one, wait till you see P, uh, Pathfinder two, it's crunchy AF. And it's like, no, I, no way. So hopefully they'll come out with something that's way less crunchy. If they want to maybe try to scoop up the disenfranchised D and Ders, because I can't see anybody that like I love Fifth, but screw Wotsey going <laughs> to Pathfinder too. I mean I could be wrong, but you know it's it's a six hundred and some odd page book, just the the core book. Maybe the moment is right for Savage Worlds. Yeah, I, w- I would love that. Savage Worlds is nice because it's, it's not overly, it's not really crunchy, but you can layer in the crunch for those who like crunch. It's a nice middle ground. It's very pulpy is the good word. I've heard a lot about it. It's very high-flying uh, Indiana Jones and, you know, Star Wars. I mean, you know, that that's evocative of, like, the high-flying, I'm going to swing over on a whip, you know, or I'm going to jump, you know, out of the sand buggy and, you know, whatever. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's it's and you can use it. There's so many splat books that are official and even unofficial stuff that you can play a lot of the games that are out there right now. You mm-hmm. know? So Uh oh. Once I didn't turn my volume down. Oh my. That's a first. But nobody's calling me.
1: Nobody's
0: calling me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> could be Watsy. They could be well,
1: listening to this right now. Well, I'm
0: laughing. Normally it's like one or both of the Gary's blow me up. But like, are you podcasting? Well, I was trying. You to. know I am. Yeah. But it's too funny. Is it Thursday? You know.
1: Okay. Like we said last night, is it about time to wrap this thing up? Because we're about to hit the two, well,
0: hour 39 is where we're at right now. And then by all means, let's pack this in. But I'd love to hear what y'all think about it. Sound off on Facebook or... Does Podbean have a little forum where people can comment? It's safer to put it on Facebook. Put it on Facebook. Send us a a Gmail or whatever. Were
1: you thinking about moving to 1D&D? Has this changed your mind about 1D&D? What
0: is your alternative? I'm even more excited about (laughs) (laughs) 1D&D.
1: This really got me going. These guys are cutthroat now. Now I know they mean business. Yeah. All right. But
0: we've been talking about this for a while
1: now. Yeah, we were early adopters to screwing Hasbro. Yeah. Watsy bro. You see that? Clock on the wall? Yeah. It
2: says we're all out of hit points.